When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back to the show where every week we go exploring in the pursuit of awesome. You can count on us to keep you informed of all the best shiny things out there when we share our awesome of the week. In each episode, we'll also take your questions and bring you the answers you need to help you uncover all the awesome within your own life. This week, my friend Jessica Turner joins us as guest co-host. Jessica blogs at themomcreative.com, and she's the author of Fringe Hours. On today's episode, she is going to tell us the wonderfully awesome story of how she and her husband found love through the magic of AOL chat. Later, she talks about the organizational systems that help her juggle home, work, and blogging. And she reveals what time she has to get up every morning to fit everything into her very busy schedule. All of that, plus our awesome of the week, coming up on episode 20 of Sorta Awesome. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. We have a very special guest host joining us today. Jessica Turner is the creator of and longtime blogger at themomcreative.com. And earlier this year, her book, The Fringe Hours, Making Time for You, was released. I'm gonna let Jessica tell you more about herself and her work in just a bit. But first, we're going to start things off the way we always do with Awesome of the Week. Jessica, would you get us started this week? I will. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast. Aww, I just want to start thank out you. by saying that. And not just because you're a longtime friend, but I genuinely do. I think there are not a lot of great podcasts out there for women and moms. And I enjoy Aww. listening to it every week. I well, really, really thank do. thank you. That so, is so kind. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. I will say that my sort of Awesome of the Week was a, a difficult one for me to decide on because I wanted to select something that was going to be sort of awesome for everyone. I didn't want to tell you like about my sort of awesome date night or anything like that that really <laughs> wasn't going to help someone's life. Right. I'm, all, I'm all about helping a mama out, right? Yes. Yes, yes. Um, so my sort of awesome is scheduling to have all of your essentials delivered to your house. Excellent. Yes. I Love, love, love these services. There's three that I use a lot. I use The Honest Company, Amazon, and ePantry. Okay. Um, are my favorites. So Honest Company I use for essentials like um, toilet bowl cleaner, and I love their bathroom cleaner. It smells like mint. I just love it. Um, a couple things like that. And that comes every two to three months. And then I love their diapers. I get their diaper bundle. Have you used their diapers we have with not. your kids? I've used okay. a lot of different kinds of diapers, but we have never tried the Honest brand, but I've heard great things about them. They are incredible. I had tried them with my daughter. I've got three kids. Elias is seven, Adeline is four, and then our baby Ezra is six months. And I tried them with Adeline. I was introduced to the Honest Company when she was, I would say, maybe two, two and a half. Okay. And so <laughs> she was in like a size four or size five diaper. And Honest diapers run small. And okay. I was very happy with my Target diapers. And Honest diapers are a little more expensive. And I was like, I don't think these are really for us. You know, I just tried them and then kind of moved on my way. Well, I had some credits. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and order some of these for Ezra. And 
I'm obsessed with them. I mean, obsessed. I have tried six or seven different brands with him. I love them the most. He doesn't get a diaper rash with them. And not even that other ones, he'll get a diaper rash when he wears them. But if he were, if the conditions are right for a diaper rash, he would be more likely to get a diaper rash with another brand, I think, than he is with Honest Diapers. Okay. so I'm really, really digging the Honest Diapers. So, so you talked about them being bundles. So is this something that comes to your door once a month no matter what? Or so do you... you can move it around. Okay. So um, they do make it a pain to cancel. Okay. So you have to call to cancel a bundle. Mm-hmm. But you can just move on the calendar. So you can go two, three, four months without getting a bundle. Oh, okay. As long as you remember to move it back. Um, so that's really nice. And so that's what I tend to do with the essentials because the other bundle service that I use all the time is ePantry. And yes. you use ePantry as well, right? I do, thanks to you. Yes, I signed up for ePantry through you and you were okay. running a campaign with them. And I love them. I actually signed up to be a VIP member with them because I think they're a fantastic company. Fantastic. And so the thing with ePantry, right, is that they are all um, very eco-friendly products. You're not going to get like your mainline brands with them. Um, Your chemically brands, if you will. Yes. You're the crunchy person here, not me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so you will, you love your country more than me. Um, but they are – you save like 25%. So it's very affordable mm-hmm. and it comes right to your door and you do the scheduling and you say what you want to get and all of that same thing. So I love ePantry and I love their candles, yes. which is not like an essential thing that I guess you need to have in your house regularly. But I order their candles every single time I but order from them. They are quickly becoming an essential for us. And I am right? like super picky about candles. In fact, mm-hmm. for a long time, we didn't have candles in the house because I just couldn't find any that I liked. But their candles, which are through a company called Grove Collaborative, mm-hmm. they are amazing. I am obsessed with them. I have them all over my house because I'm like you. I stick them in my order every time I have a new e-pantry order coming. Right, right. <laughs> they are fantastic. I love them. They're actually, that's probably one of my favorite things about e-pantry. <laughs> They're candles. amazing. Yeah. And they make great gifts too. So I mm-hmm. sort of find like I'm doing, I'm stockpiling, you know, yes. I'll get a big candle for the living room and then I'll get a little one just to kind of put in my gift stash so that a teacher gift or, you know, someone's yes. leaving or retiring, I've got a gift that I know that people will really love. So um, e-pantry is great. And then of course, Amazon. I of get worse. Yes. Wipes from Amazon and a couple of other things from Amazon. I mean, you just can't, you can't beat it, but it saves you time. It saves you money. And I just find it to be a really great use of my time signing up for essentials yes. online. So yeah, that is it does. My I don't know about you, but I feel like it doesn't matter how comprehensive my list for the store is. I'm always forgetting something. Um, I especially will, if I forget something, I'm like, if, even if I remember in the parking lot, I'm like, nope, I'll order it from Amazon. <laughs> right? Even week. if it's a couple dollars more, like, I yes. don't even care. Like, I just can't, I can't, can't deal with do it. it. Or, you yeah. know, you go into the store and you buy so much more than what you needed, like, yes. beyond your list. Yes. And so, if I don't have the temptation every week of, like, going into Target and, you know, looking at the dollar section and what's on clearance this week and that right. sort of thing, it's good for our bottom line as well. Yes. So, um, it really I think is. that that. That helps me from, you know, making too many impulse purchases. Well, that is a fantastic awesome of the week. And we will for sure pop some links to each of those services that Jessica is digging into the show notes so that if you want to check these out as well, you can do that too. Um, so thank you for that. And yeah, now yeah. Well, it's your turn. What's yes. your awesome of the week? My awesome of the week is we just finished, Kyle and I, on Netflix. We just finished finished a series called Turn. It's about mm-hmm. the Revolutionary War. Did you yep. have you all watched this? Um, we could not get into it. Okay. Uh, and Matthew and I are are snobs with shows, and we watch a lot of shows. And Matthew watches even more shows than me, I would say, because um, he likes to stay up late, and that's kind of how he unwinds. And he, I checked with him before the show and said, "Did you watch this? Isn't that the show that Joy Williams did the music for?" And you know. Um, but yeah, we could get into it. Okay, so I did. Why you loved it? I made a note of this. It's a slow start. It is, right. and the and so Kyle and I do the same thing. That is our. I've talked about this several times on the show. That's our evening bonding time after bedtime. Mm-hmm. If there's a mm-hmm. show that we can both get into, we'll we'll watch right. that on Netflix or Amazon or whatever. So we were looking for something new. We'd run out of um, ideas, and I just kept seeing turned on there, and I was like, let's give it a try. Neither of us. We actually tend to veer more towards like 
sci-fi fantasy type things. Mm-hmm. Neither of us are really big history uh, buffs to the point where we want to watch a show or a movie about it. But we we're like, well, we don't have anything else to watch. Let's try. It. So it was a slow start. I was like reading my phone through the first few episodes. Right. But once we got into it, it was fantastic. First of all, it is beautifully shot. Just mm-hmm. the 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 direction of it, the the filming. Oh, it's stunning. It's so beautiful. And then as so there's 10 episodes per season because it's an AMC show. And I guess this is the direction we're moving in television mm-hmm. now with these mm-hmm. short seasons. So so as the season unfolds, really, the storylines become so captivating. And last night, just last mm-hmm. night, we finished the 10th episode. I didn't realize it was only 10 episodes um, because, you know, on Netflix, it just keeps on playing them for you. So I didn't realize right. we'd come to the last one. So we finish and, and there's this cliffhanger. And I'm like, okay next one and it was the end and I was so devastated because we were already at the end of season one right right and so if you do if you're not familiar with turn I should have explained this at the beginning but it's basically the story of it's based on a an actual historical piece of history from the Revolutionary War which I sadly do not know that much about sort of other than the basics that you learn in high school history but there is a man named Abe Woodhull who was a farmer in New York who eventually with a group of childhood friends forms the Culper Ring and they really help to turn the tide for in favor of the colonies in the Revolutionary War and again this is not my era this is not usually my thing but turn the way that they tell the story the way it unfolds throughout the season it was really really engaging we loved it so much so I'm looking forward to I don't know this series just started in 2014 so we may have to wait a while before season two is out on Netflix but we really did enjoy season one once we got into it like I said it was a slow start all right. It took I'll a couple of episodes before we were really into it. So Okay, so could we have a bonus awesome of the week or bonus and a half on Netflix for a second? Yes. Because I love talking about shows. It's my favorite. Yeah. So yes. I want to know if you have watched The Fall. No, I feel like Kyle has watched it. What's it about? Oh, it's so good. I can't okay. even stand it. Okay. It is with Jillian Flynn from um, X-Files. Is that her name? The woman with the red hair? In the X-Files. And then um, the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey, Jamie Doran, is that Wait, his name? Is it maybe, is it maybe Jillian Anderson? Mm. Yes, She's... Jillian Flynn is the author of... Yes, that's what I was saying. I was like, well, I feel yeah, like that's an like, author. Wait, that's you know, she, she wrote um, Gone Girl. Gone Girl, yes. So, okay. 20 Jillians. Yes. So, anyway, yeah. yeah. Yes, X-Files chick. Okay, I was right yes. on that. Yes. yes. Okay, so it's with those two people, okay? Yes, Kyle and has so- watched this, but I did not. Oh, but you go ahead. Tell me. Tell me. You need to watch okay. it. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. It is so, so, so fantastic. I watched the first two seasons mm-hmm. in a very embarrassing amount of time, like very fast. <laughs> well, you have a little very baby. Fast. so you're- No, I did it when I was pregnant. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I was working full time and like binge watching Netflix for a late, late night. Okay. Um, it is about a man who's a counselor and he's married and he has two kids and he is a serial killer he leads this double life right and jillian um is brought in it takes place in scotland i think and she is brought in as this um fantastic investigator um sort of reminds me of i'm terrible with names as as you're clearly getting um in silence of the lambs (laughs) jodie foster jodie foster like you know kind of it's just really good like she's kind of got that kind of personality yes it is so good it is so so good it's like a movie i mean matt we couldn't find anything to watch one night matthew's like i think you'd really like the show right let's just watch the first episode and then like the first five minutes i'm like okay can we just stop like for a couple days because this is unbelievable and it's good all the way to the last episode of the second season okay like, what just happened so i think you should watch the fall that's may- now that you finished turn i right. really really think and then the other one i was going to mention gosh we're getting four sore awesomes and then i'm sorry we'll move on but i just love <laughs> i can't not tell you these two um okay. bletchley circle have you watched no, that i've not even heard of that at all okay no. Well, so this I did discover on maternity leave, and what's great about it is it was um, like a PBS miniseries. It's a BBC show. Both of these shows are BBC. Okay. Um, but it was a miniseries. So it's only four episodes, and it was only two seasons, and then it was canceled. So it's only eight episodes for the two seasons. Okay. But it's these um, this group of women who um, – 
did code figuring out in World War II. Like they they would figure out, you know, where the spies were and that sort of thing. And then they went and lived normal lives. Like their husbands didn't even know that they did this work. Oh, wow. And so then they decide to start investigating a murder. And this is taking place in the early 50s in London. Really fascinating. And it's done in four episodes and very satisfying. Um, Really, really well done. And it was something that was recommended to me after watching The Fall. And I was like, okay. And I was on maternity leave and I watched it, you know, in the span of a week. So a couple bonus sort of awesomes for those of you who enjoy Netflix. Those are fantastic bonuses. Tell me the name of that second one again. Bletchley Circle. How have I not even heard of this? I mean, I don't know that it ever was super popular, right? It was canceled. And it just came up as a recommend on Netflix, sort of like Tarn was doing for you. Um, So, And I don't know if that's because I had just watched a BBC show and Rapid Fire that Netflix was like, okay, we know something you will like, you know? (laughs) So, Okay. Those are fantastic. I'm so glad you threw in some bonuses (laughs) for us because... Yeah, you know, I mean, if you're going to binge watch a show, you may as well do it in the summer when you're up late with everything anyway. So, so fun. Okay, well, we do have some listener questions, as we always do in our second half of the show. I have some questions that are just for Jessica. But before we get to those, I want to give her a chance to tell you all a little bit more about herself. So Jessica, if you can kind of give us the extended version of your short bio here and tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, and um, all the different things you have going on right now. Okay. So I live in Nashville and I'm married to my husband, Matthew, who is a full-time writer. um, And he also does some freelance work with World Vision and he's done that, gosh, for six or seven years. So we're a big World Vision family. And I work full time outside of the home. I do content strategy and social media development for Vanderbilt University Medical Center and our children's hospital, which is a mouthful. It's Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt. So um, I spend my days and I focus on our um, parenting and content really related to the children's hospital. I, I, I touch the adult side um, to some extent, but most of my time is spent doing work um, for the children's hospital and doing content strategy and writing and management and blog work and videography and all sorts of fun projects there. So um, full time, 40 hours a week outside the home doing that. And then I blog. And like you said, my blog is The Mom Creative. And I started blogging in, I think, 2006. Mm-hmm. I think so. so yes. A long time. It started out um, on Blogspot, which I know you yes, talked about. Recently. I did too. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it, at the time, it was the life, faith, and creativity of Jessica Turner. I started before I had kids, and now I have three, um, and moved to WordPress and, you know, did all of that. And my blog went from being this small little platform where I was keeping in touch with family and sharing scrapbooking projects to, I'm now something where I'm, you know, receiving tons and tons of traffic and it's really become a small business for our family, um, which is a huge blessing. And then I wrote a book, like you said, so um, did all of that (laughs) while working and kids and, and all of that. So I'm really excited about the book. It's called The Fringe Hours, Making Time for You. And really the genesis of The Fringe Hours, um, happened because so many women were asking me how I was doing it all. Right, right. right? Yes. Um, I think you get that question a lot when sh- you're a blogger. Yes. Just because, yeah. you know, you're putting out all this content and, and people are seeing your best of everything. Um, right. They're getting a small snapshot of your life. And so people were wondering, though, you know, how I was balancing a blog that was a business and working full time and being a mom. And um, the blog has a lot of creative elements on it, scrapbooking really regularly and planning fun parties and that sort of thing. And so um, it was the answer to that of how I find time for myself. And it's in those fringe hours of the day, you know, those pockets of time that often go underused or wasted altogether. I was maximizing those for myself. Um, So I'm really proud of that. I surveyed 2,000 women um, to find out their stories about time and what they're passionate about and what their struggles are. And that really spoke into the book a lot because I didn't want it to just be my story because I I am an N of one. And so I think that it is a book that married, single, kids, no kids um, is something that will resonate with women. And so that's been a fun journey to birth a baby on New Year's Eve and then 
birth a book six weeks yes. later. Um, so <laughs> 2015 has been a really wild ride. Um, I'm from Absolutely. Wisconsin ori- originally. Mm-hmm. So I'm a Midwestern girl. Um, I grew up in Oshkosh, like Oshkosh Bagosh is where I spent most of my childhood. And then I went to the University of Wisconsin, Madison. Um, so I'm a badger. I'm a big fan of the Big Ten. Um, growing up in Oshkosh, that's just an hour and a half south of Green Bay. So I'm a Packer fan. As much as you can be when you don't really care about sports. Right, so, yes. <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to cheer for a t- team, it's going to be the Packers, but I'm not – yeah, I couldn't tell you many players on the, <laughs> on the team besides Aaron Rodgers. So, gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. Is that is that That's fantastic. Yes. That's fantastic. Um, I asked some of our listeners who I know specifically are working moms because one thing that I have been – completely delighted and surprised by is we have such a large segment of our audience who are working moms. And the only reason it's been surprising to me is because when I was blogging, not intentionally, but a lot of the things that I talked about kind of spoke more to the stay-at-home mom crowd. And especially um, back during that time, you know, really a lot of mom bloggers were stay-at-home moms. And so it was sort of, that was the, the network. But we have so many moms in the audience who work outside the home and So I asked some of them what questions they might have for you. In fact, one of them, one of our listeners, Jess from Pennsylvania, asked about how long you've lived in Nashville, how you landed there, Mm -hmm. and how you sort of um, have found your fit there in Nashville, not being from there. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's one of our first questions for you, actually. So it's kind of a fun story. And actually, I have been using a Periscope a lot. Do you use Periscope? Well, I Are talked you about with it at all? I did. I talked about it on one of the very first episodes of the show. I was okay. so into it at the time. But then, Jessica, you might understand this. I don't know. You you may not be as easily distracted by things as I am. I think you might be more efficient than me. But I had Periscope on my phone, and I was getting so distracted by going and watching all of these people's broadcasts that I finally was like, okay, I don't have the self-control for this <laughs> right <Amazing. now." laughs> So I had to take it off my phone because I was just getting so distracted and and it was really becoming a wonderful time suck for me. I loved it, oh. but I was like, oh, okay, I'll come back and revisit it later. But I I I know Periscope. I love it. And so, yeah, so you've been Okay, you, so I've been I've been yeah. using it a lot just in the past like week or two. I've uh-huh. really um, been loving using it to kind of give glimpses of my life. Anyway, Matthew and I went out this past week and we did a live Periscope Q&A and that was one of the first questions was how did we meet? So it's kind of fun that um, I should do a blog post or something. There's this resurgence and in interest of how Matthew and I met, a lot of new people, I guess, in my <laughs> yes. life. Um, so Matthew and I met, we are nine and a half years apart. So oh, okay. I was in college uh, at UW. I was actually an RA. So I was living in the dorms and I was coming, it was my junior year. I was coming to Nashville that summer to intern at a Christian music label mm-hmm. doing PR. I thought that I wanted to be a publicist in the Christian music industry. And so he, at that time, was the editor of CCM Magazine, which is now defunct, but it was a Christian music magazine, and um, he was the editor, and every month would publish a letter from the editor that had an AOL Instant Messenger name. Are you remembering AOL Instant Messenger? I absolutely do, yes. Yes! Okay. <laughs> AOL Instant Messenger for the win. So I put his name on my little chat list and then forgot about it, and a couple months later, he was on CCM Editor, and the first thing I said to him was, is this really the editor of CCM? I mean, I, I was not going to waste my time, even right. at 20 years old. If this was yes, not the you person. you very savvy already mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so he laughs about it. And it's funny because when he we were dating, I don't think I've ever told this story before, but when we were dating, he would let me sign on and pretend to be him. <laughs> and most people who would instant message him were like, do you know Amy Grant? Have you ever met the Newsboys? You know, and it was like those types of questions. And so then I really appreciated why me being like, are you really the editor? Okay, let me tell you how to market your magazine. You know, yes, like yes. I was a little different than than these people. So anyway, we have talked every day since. I instant messaged him that day. And so that is how we met. Um, he was already in Nashville. And so that was January of 2003. Okay. I moved to Nashville in May for the summer. Um, and by July, we were ring shopping. Oh, and, wow. So when you knew, I, mean, I knew. knew, I knew that we were going to get married before I met him face to face. Oh, wow. So we talked on the phone every day and on instant messenger until April. And April was the first time that we met face to face and like said, I love you that weekend, like knew I was going to marry him. And my parents were like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> 
You can't even drink yet, and you're dating this, like, 29-year-old who's going bald. Like, we don't understand. Like, what is happening? Um, so anyway, then he, and he was in Nashville, and I was planning on moving to Nashville. And so um, three weeks after I graduated in 04, I moved to Nashville, started my first job, which was at one of the top PR firms in Nashville. And then we got married in October of that year. So we've been married. Um, it'll be 11 years this fall. So Wow. And I love it. I love that there's no snow. I love the community. It's just been Really, really wonderful. So I'm very happy here. So since Matthew already lived there, did he already kind of have a circle of friends and sort of, um, you know, established community that you fit into? Or once you guys got married, did you kind of start over together as a couple in community? Yeah, you know, because we didn't have a whole lot of FaceTime, right, during our dating period. Um, he had a small circle of friends. He actually um, lost his job at CCM about six months before we got married. And so there was a lot of kind of rebuilding and figuring out what he was going to do. And that's when he started writing full time. And he his first book, maybe it was even longer than six months, his first book, The Christian Culture Survival Guide, which was published by Relevant, came out in 2004. And so he was kind of, you know, just getting his feet, you know, under him. And so it was a lot of just us. I remember that summer before we got married when I was working at the PR firm and I was living in someone's basement. We weren't living together. And I would come to his house every day at lunch just to have 30 more minutes with him. Oh, yes. no, that a whole that first year it was a lot of like just us and um, sure. you know nerdy about stuff, but even I, I feel like more than that, like we just couldn't get enough of each other right. uh, during that season. And we changed churches from the church he was going to. We found a different church and um, found community at that church. And um, one of my best friends, Angie Smith, she and her husband went to that church. And Matthew had gone to school with Todd. Um, Matthew went to Belmont, and so they knew each other, and we really clicked. And um, you know that sort of then. Um, spurn some other friendships as well. Okay, that is so interesting. I don't. I have never heard the story of how you guys met. So no. I'm so glad you got a chance to tell it on the show. <laughs> okay. Well, Jess from Pennsylvania actually also had another question, not just okay. about life in Nashville, but she's also a working mom, and she okay. would love to hear. What systems do you use for organization? Do you have a planner that you live out of? Are you, you know, do you, I'm sort of into bullet journaling, which is just a lot of lists and stuff. It's It's, amazing what you do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it works for the way my brain works, but I know that you have so many things that you're keeping track of at work, at home, your online work. So I'm kind of like, Jess, I would love to hear what your organization systems look like. Well, any organization systems I have do not extend to my house, which if you saw my house right now, you'd be like, hey, maybe (laughs) you should bring someone in to help here. Uh, (laughs) But in terms of my work and my blog, I can talk about those systems. Um, So um, I use Outlook at work and use the calendar built right within Outlook. So I don't use Google Calendar like I feel like most bloggers do. And I think that's because I work outside the home and that's just not what the work world uses. Um, So I use Outlook Calendar for everything. Um, I really want to get back to a paper planner. I was a paper planner girl for years. I ordered the Passion Planner this year. I love the idea of it, but ultimately I have just found it to be easiest to put everything in Outlook. Um, So I'll even do reminders in there of things that I do at work and that sort of thing. I am a big paper girl though. So I do typically have a couple notebooks with me at all times. Um, I like the really small purse little books, you know, that are smaller than three by five size and thin journals and spiral by, I mean, you name it. If it's paper, I love it. So I use a lot of lists. Um, I do organize my list by topic. So I'll have a list of just blog to do, just fringe hours to do, just speaking to do, um, house to do, kid to do. You know, all of those lists are separate lists. I don't ever put those all in the same list. That is not how my brain works. But I do find that just dumping that on the list really helps. I do meal plan most weeks. I grocery shop once a week. And so we have a chalkboard in our kitchen that we just painted on the wall. And I will meal plan for the week and then grocery shop accordingly for that. With Matthew working from home, I have a lot of help in that area. So he will oftentimes get dinner started or I'll have everything bought and say, Hey, can you throw this in the crock pot? This is what I was thinking for dinner. So he will usually get that going, um, more often than I tend to do. And then I will 
help wrap dinner up, anything else that has to get cooked or the salad getting fixed or that sort of thing, and then usually take care of cleanup. So that's how we do that. Um, with the blog, I use an editorial calendar plugin called WordPress Editorial Calendar, and I'm generally planning um, anywhere from three to six weeks out on the oh blog. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, so that never, ever happened when I was <laughs> blogging. If I, had, know, and, if I had a week's worth of ideas, I was like, man, I got so much stuff. <laughs> um, and so there, there are, are pieces that, you know, will get moved from week to week. Um, sure. But it's a wonderful drag and drop calendar, which is really nice. But that's really helpful for me because I do do a lot of sponsored posts and collaborations with brands, but I don't ever want the content to skew too heavy on that. So I try to have a balance of one to two sponsored posts and then um, anywhere from two to four non-sponsored posts in a given week. So that it's a balance of content. And I don't ever take sponsored content that isn't relevant to where I am in life stage, something that I really love, something that I'm enthusiastic about. But that calendar really helps me stay organized of how much I have said yes to and committed to. Um, so I use that. And then I use Hootsuite for scheduling my social media outposts because I am, you know, working during the day. So that really helps me stay on top of that and, and be present even when I am not actually yes. on the channel. So Yes, there's so many great scheduling things for social social media now. So <laughs> I'm sure that, yeah, I can see how that would be a huge help to you as you are trying to check off all these other lists of things <laughs> that you are responsible for. So, right, right. And I guess that goes back to the sort of awesome, right? With using the essentials yes. ordering, you know, that's kind of how I keep our house running. We don't generally ever run out of anything because I usually will have a stockpile of at least two to three of any given item. Right. So it's not so much about staying organized as it is about preparing for not yes. having something. That is so good. So helpful. Okay. Our next question is from another Jessica. This Jessica is from Indianapolis, and she is wondering about your family's morning routine. What works for you? As you said, you've got three kids, and they are younger. They're in the younger kid crowd. So if you could tell us a little bit about what do mornings look like, particularly during the school year, um, for getting everybody up and where they need to be at what the right time. So we are about to have a big change in our house. So for the past seven years, I have done most of the daycare drop-off and pickup. Okay. And starting in August, my little ones are moving to a different daycare that is right next door to my son's elementary school. Oh, perfect. And so normally up until this point, it's been get out the door in thinking about the school year, Matthew would take Elias and then I would take the little ones because mm -hmm. daycare was on my way to work. Then after work, I would pick them up on my way home and then we would be home at six o'clock. So um, that's going to be a huge shift in what our morning is going to look like because all of them are going to have to be out of the house by 7.37. Whereas we are normally, Elias gets out at 7.37, and then the little ones and I are leaving at about 8.10. So ah. that 30 minutes is going to be a big shift, a big yes. shift of nursing, um, also a big shift just in terms of me having more time for myself and or time to do other things. I can go to the gym before work or I could go into the office a little early. I'll, you know, it, it is just going to look a lot different. Um, so... Beyond the drop-off, our mornings typically look like me getting up around 5, and then that hopefully the baby gets up, I feed him, he goes back to sleep, and then I have about 60 minutes to work on blog content and um, reading or anything else for me. That that morning hour is really, I feel like, very important in setting the tone for my day that yes. I have taken care of myself mm -hmm. before I'm taking care of lots and lots of little people and calls for milk and mommies come wipe my bottom and that sort of thing. So, <laughs> yes. um I try to have that. It's obviously challenging um, being in the newborn baby season. Yes. Um, it does look like that every week, every day even. Um, but that is what we shoot for, that I'll feed Ezra. Um, a lot of times he's been getting up at like 4, 4.30, which is really early and, and hard for me at the end of the day, but really great because then he's back asleep 
sleep by five and then I have that solid time versus if he gets up at 5.15, I have not been great about getting up before him and having that time and figuring that out. So um, I'll take that hour and then, you know, it showers, getting cereal made. Matthew's in charge of lunches, so he does lunches um, for the kids and, and gets those packed. And um, I try to lay clothes out the night before so that there's no fussing about that and everyone can get dressed easily. And then we're all, like I said, out the door by just after eight o'clock. But that's about to change here with the school year coming yes. up. Yes. So then once the change happens and everybody's out the door by 737, so are you then dropping all three off or does Matthew do no. that? No. So Matthew's going to do that. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. So Matthew will do that. The school is just a mile from our house. Okay. So yeah. it's very easy. And if, you know, I need to do that, I will. Um, and I certainly could do that and then go to work. I think we're we're going to have to just figure that out because Matthew was taking to school because I was, you know, taking the little ones. Um, but certainly that is plenty of time for me to take them all, do drop off and then get to work myself. So I don't know if maybe some days he will do that some days I will do it. Um, I really am wanting to get healthier and kind of get the rest of this baby weight off. And so I think it'll be a combination of maybe two days, him doing it, two days, me doing it. And on the other days I'll go and work out. And then yeah, that fantastic. last time I'm working from home, you know, it will probably also look different. So I don't know exactly how it's going to go right now. We have also a little bit of a vehicle situation because we have a minivan and a Subaru Forester and the Subaru Forester allegedly we can get three car seats across the back, but we have not figured it out yet. Uh, so yeah. now that Adeline just turned four a couple of weeks ago, and so we think we can get two boosters in the baby seat in there. So it, it's also a challenge of if I were to take the kids, can Matthew pick them up with the other vehicle? Right. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So, yes. yes. We've, we've got to figure that out we will. Yeah, he'll get there. He'll get there. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like a huge change coming for everybody. But I'm yes, sure that you'll yeah. be into that new routine in no time. So yeah. okay, that is such a great little glimpse into what your mornings look like. Very busy, I'm sure. But right. that's so great that you um, have figured out how to carve out that time, your fringe hours to mm-hmm. be able to have some time to center. I'm the same way. And I don't have to get out. I mean, I get the girls out the door by eight. But um, I have to have that time time in the morning or I go cuckoo during the day. So, so very important. I think the rails tend to come off the tracks when I try to do too much in the morning. I'm such a morning person. I'm not a night person at all. And Mm so um, I'll do photography for the blog in the morning and I will, you know, so I'll get done earlier so that then the sun is good so that then I can shoot something before I have to leave or, oh, I've got enough time. I'm going to make banana bread or, you know, do these (laughs) other things because I'm so efficient in the morning. Right. But sometimes I... I'm a little overzealous with my efficiency. And yes. then that is when things get, yeah. get hairy. So no, I relate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who overpacks the time. And is like, <laughs> wait a second. Why is this all falling apart? Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to do something new on this show. A lot of times when we have listener questions, I just read them to you, but we've got a couple that we're actually going to listen to. The first one is from um, a listener named Val. And so I'm going to let her share her question for you, another aspect of being a work outside of the home mom. Hi, this is Val in Oklahoma. I have been a full-time working mom for less than two years, so I'm still getting the hang of it. And my husband is in full school full-time, and I'm really struggling with it being summer and wanting to do all the extra summer activities, the cookouts, the fun times that everyone else seems to be having. Um, but it seems to all come at the expense of keeping up with regular family life. You know, we can spend Saturday at a cookout, but then that means the laundry doesn't get done or I don't get the grocery shopping done. So I'm wondering if you have any uh, tips or suggestions or whatever to manage, you know, my summertime expectations (laughs) and to get to participate in summer life while still maintaining normal family life too. That is such a great question. So a couple things come to mind. One, Val, I wish you could come over and see my house right now because then you'd be like, clearly you're having a great summer because your house (laughs) needs some help. That seems to be the theme of this podcast is me talking about our chaotic house. We've had two birthday parties in the span of three weeks and I throw big, big birthday parties and I feel like we're still recovering from the fairy party and the minion party is about to happen. So 
I get it. Solidarity. Um, so a couple things come to mind. One is that you can bulk grocery shop for two weeks so that then the week that you are, you know, going to be camping or, you know, going to that cookout and losing that time, you only have to go to the grocery store and buy bananas and milk and a couple essentials instead of doing your big, big grocery shopping, you know, live out of the freezer for a week, keep it really simple, you know, do something like that. So that'll shorten your time. I'm also a huge fan of going to the grocery store at like 6.30 or 7 in the morning before work. Um, so I'll do that. I'll take a shower the night before. I'll get up get dressed, you know, be ready to leave out the door very quickly so that I can go and get that done really fast. Um, so that might be another option with the groceries specifically. Um, I think giving yourself some grace and letting the house be messy because it's summertime and your kids are going to remember going swimming at the pool with you and cookouts and barbecues and all of those types of things way more than they're going to remember that the laundry wasn't done. So I think it's okay. Um, you could, take the laundry to a laundry service if it's really stressing you out. If you just do that one or two times a year, but you take two or three weeks worth of laundry, um, that might save you. Um, you might also think about would it be helpful to have a cleaning service come in even just once or twice during the summer. Get a Groupon if it isn't something that you want to make a twice monthly thing. Buy a Groupon and have someone kind of just come bring you up to normal and that might make you feel better. Um, those are a couple things that, that I have done or I have friends that have done that seem to really work well um, because you do want to make a memorable summer. We had a bucket list that we put together at the beginning of the summer of all the things we were going to do. And we have done less than 50% of those things, and we have about three and a half weeks before Elias starts back at school. And I said, Elias, you know, I think that the bucket list is going to go into September. And he said, but mommy, summer is over when I go back to school. I said, no, 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 no. Let's look at where it is in the calendar. <laughs> right, We've got a little yes. more time, right? So, you know, also think about managing your expectations of what the confines of summer are. Yeah. And, you know, can you go on that staycation or, you know, do that road trip? in early fall or something like that and still feel like you've made those great memories. Those are fantastic. I really love the tip about getting up and going to the grocery store like super early first thing that I think I might need to incorporate that into my own life as well. Just it's <laughs> my mom used to do that all the time. And my sister and I are very close. Um, we're 18 months apart and she lives in Wisconsin and we talk several times a day on the phone and I'll call her in the morning and my mom used to do it all the time. And it was always milk. Like we were always out of milk and she'd go to the grocery <laughs> right. store with her hair wet. Like she had permed hair and it was wet and it was air drying. You know, she put, um, what's that brand? The Aussie spray, you know, the yes. purple bottle. Uh -huh. She would spray that on her hair and then she'd run to the gas station and go get milk in the morning or something like that. And so I'll call my sister and say, I'm pulling a mom running to the grocery store this morning with wet hair, you know, but no one is there. You know, it's right. a bunch of like old men at that time who are at the grocery store. Like who cares? Go and it's so fast. It's so easy. You don't wait in line and it's done. And you really don't feel like you took that much out of your day or your weekend because you got it accomplished. Um, that's something I talk about in the fringe hours a lot too. Like use it, I'll use my lunch break to go and run errands so that then I don't have to do that on the weekend so that then on the weekend when I have these other things that I really want to do, all of those chores aren't taking away from those experiences. That is so smart. I love it. That is such an efficient way to go about it. That is so helpful. <laughs> well, speaking of the fringe hours, for those of you who have not had a chance to read Jessica's book, one of the central themes of the book is giving yourself permission to pursue your passions and to really go after what it is that you feel you were created to do and figuring out how to carve that time out of each day, out of each week, out of each month to be able to devote the time that you need to pursue those passions. So our next question from a listener is um, from Barbara, and she's going to be sharing her question um, as well. And it has to do with the fact that some of us, especially when women really decide they want to go after their passions, that's fantastic for them. But sometimes they get a little pushback from the people in their lives. So we're going to listen to Barbara's question for Jessica. Hi, this is Barbara from New York. I love the Fringe Hours, and it has made such a wonderful impact on my life. But I'm finding that as I work to get over the mom guilt for making time for myself, I sometimes find that other people in my life don't appreciate how important it is for me to pursue my own passions and may try to impose guilt upon me. So I'm wondering, Jessica, do you ever find 
that other moms in your circle or maybe moms in your extended family take issue with you pursuing your passions and taking time for yourself? And if so, how do you deal with that? Barbara, honestly, no. And I am so, so sorry that you are dealing with that. Man, why do people just stink? I mean, why... Why do women do that to each other? It just makes me so darn angry. Um, so let me commend you by taking the advice of the fringe hours, taking the advice of what many researchers far better than me have found and proven to be true, that self-care matters, that you matter, and that you need to take care of yourself. Because if you don't, you are going to come up empty and you are going to be exhausted and cranky and just hit rock bottom. I mean, it is not a healthy way to live. It is so, so important. Um, as far as getting over that guilt, if you're feeling guilty for doing these things, um, I would challenge you to have conversations with people of, of why they feel the way that they do. You know, why, why is it that they feel the need to say to you that you should be, you know, doing this or that or that you should not be, you know, making time to go work out or making time to read or that those things aren't important. You know, I um, have had people say to me, gosh, you know, I just I don't know that I agree with what you say in the fringe hours. You know, your greatest calling is to be a mother. Well, I'm not being a bad mother because I'm taking care of myself. Uh, frankly, I think I'm being a better mother by doing that. And I think that demonstrating self-care to our children is so important. Absolutely. I feel like I'm getting on a soapbox. No, here, you it just, preach it. You I mean, preach. It, I'm a huge believer in this, too. It makes me so upset and just so sad because um, I, I also have noticed it particularly in the Christian world. I think that we have this um, perspective that a, a woman is just suppo supposed to be a wife and a mom and that she is not anything else. And God created me to be uniquely me. He created me as Jessica with a host of talents, a host of passions, a host of skills. And those skills include being a mother. They include being a wife. And I love those roles. But he also equipped me with talents to work outside the home and be a strategist and to be a writer and to speak into other women's lives. And those things are not bad things. Um, and I think that it's an act of obedience to do all of those things and to embrace that fully and to not let that part of me die just because I have birthed children. Um, so don't feel guilty. Continue to challenge yourself. Um, have challenging conversations with other people. Um, you are not alone, Barbara. I guess that's what I want to say. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I definitely hear where Barbara is coming from on this because I think you're right. And I think that in some aspects of culture, some corners of culture, it definitely is, there's more emphasis on, well, you have to be all and do all for your kids, especially when they're little. And I've, I've heard all of these things as well. And what I think people miss when they try to, um, you know, kind of keep women in this little motherhood box is what you just said is that we have been created for a variety of things and it is up to each of us to really like you said challenge ourselves am i fully living out what i was created to do during mm -hmm. this season whether i have little ones under feet or not so that was fantastic i'm so glad that you shared your thoughts on that um, and i'm sure <laughs> I'm sure that I am very passionate. <laughs> well, yeah. Share my thoughts yes. on that. <laughs> and like you said, I'm sure that Barbara is not by far not the only one who's getting pushed back once she has uh, decided to pursue her passions. So, we oh, well, and speaking of, I'm yes. doing this this last little bit here. Um, my little girl had to go to the doctor and so Ezra just came in so you yes. might hear him chatting a little bit and he agrees. Yes. He is just fine with me sitting here. <laughs> Doing business while, you know, holding him. That's right. He's as happy as can be. What a sweetheart he is. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, we are going to go ahead and wrap things up. There were a few other questions just for Jessica. I'm going to take those over to our Facebook group, which if okay. you haven't joined us there, that is on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash group slash sort of awesome hangout. And we talk about all kinds of things related both to segments on the show and then just other things of interest to us in that group. So Jessica, I'm going to invite you to join us there. 
after the show airs with some of these questions that we didn't have time to get to on the show today. But I would love that. I love the Facebook group, by the way. It is the community really is fantastic. I definitely think it's worth checking out. And Ezra does too. Yes, yes, yes. Before we close the show, I would love for you to share with us, first of all, where we can find the book and where we can just find you all around the web. Sure. So you can find, let's see, we'll start with the easy one with finding me. So I'm Jessica N is in Nicole Turner, Jessica N Turner on Twitter. I'm Jessica N Turner on Pinterest, on Instagram, on Periscope. That is how you can find me. Um, do not Google JessicaTurner.com because that is a porn star. So, <laughs> well, thank very you. Different, thank very you for different. Very different. The heads up on that. Just giving. It's the Mom Creative is the blog, themomcreative.com. Um, and you can find me on Facebook.com slash themomcreative. So those are the places where you can find me online. And then you can find the book wherever books are sold Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble. And most recently, Target was added yes, to the list. So just this it's month, so... it's been so exciting. Yes. And real quick, I didn't include this in my story at the beginning of kind of how I was raised, but my parents actually met at Target. Um, oh. Target was started in Minnesota, and I'm from Wisconsin. And so my dad started at T50, so the 50th store in the country, and there's now more than 1,900 of them. Oh, wow. And so they met there as teenagers. And so my mom still works for Target, and Target is such a huge, huge part of my story. I was born and raised in Target. Um, any other store was a swear word, really, <laughs> compared to Target. Um, and so it is really a dream come true. It is in just about every single store across the country, and has been really exciting to see, particularly because I kind of think like fringe hours in Target. Yes. If I do have free time, I'm happy to go and shop at Target, right? Absolutely, like, yes. That does help my soul. And so <laughs> fringe hours in Target, you can get it there um, as well as all over. All over, anywhere books are sold, you can find it, which is really, really incredible for a first-time <laughs> author. I'm, I'm so thankful. Yes. Ezra's thankful too. Yes, so wonderful. <laughs> well, we will absolutely include all of those links in the show notes, which you can find at sortaawesomemegan.tumblr.com so that you can check out Jessica's work. So Jessica, thank you again so much for coming on the show today. It has been a blast to have you on. It's been so fun. Thank you for having me. Okay, well, we will see you all back here next time. Thanks for joining us today at Sorta Awesome. Show notes for this and every episode are available at sortaawesomemegan.tumblr.com. While you're there, click on the Ask Us link to submit your questions for an upcoming episode. If you'd like to join the show's mailing list, go to tinyletter.com slash sorta awesome. If you are enjoying the show, it would be absolutely awesome if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget, if you want to discuss today's episode, you can find me on Twitter at sorta awesome Meg or join our community on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash sorta awesome hangout. I have to give a shout out to the band Prager for allowing us to use the song Strut for our in and out music. To find out more about Prager's nasty beats and pretty chords, go to pragermusic.com. I'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.